Wars. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 0030 of the Movie Wars podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and this is a morality car wash. <laughs> Back home, they would have put me in jail for what I'm doing, but out here, they're giving me awards. I'm Drew. <laughs> Tone down what motherfucker. I'm Phil. <laughs> we have one of the Scorsese trilogy of epics here versus John Dahl's kind of epic Hootie and the Blowfish 90s music video that features gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's just the most 90s movie, but I loved it. It but is. It's, it's, it's the Frosted Tips. We were talking about it for the podcast. The Frosted Tips made me think of every a-hole that kicked my ass in high school that had Frosted Tips, and it's I couldn't true. afford them. So every time Matt Damon and I was on, I already have an anti-Matt Damon thing. I'm like, Matt Damon goes to space. Matt Damon gambles. <laughs> I know? can't believe we actually covered these movies considering your, your hate know. for Damon. Frosted Tips? Well, you might be shocked by my 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 thoughts on Damon here. I'm, we'll reveal it during oh. the casting, but you, you will be shocked. You're kind uh-huh. of a Damon hater, right? It's funny. I respect Damon. I'm just fucking sick of Damon. <laughs> he's mm. just He just feels like he pops up everywhere. Ridley Scott used him for a space movie. I'm like, he doesn't belong in a Ridley Scott space movie. But so you're a hater. Right. Like, is that what the kids are calling it <laughs> well, these days? Well, you know, I mean, we've covered De Niro, what, six times? Arnold, five times? Uh, Sly, four times? And we hate Damon because we've covered him twice. Couple he of, keeps popping up! A couple of dream boats. I know, Damon, as much as I hate him, he keeps popping up because he keeps taking great roles in good movies. He keeps popping up. He keeps popping up. But, uh, you know, these movies, obviously, they're very different. Gambling cards was enough initially to combine these two movies. Uh, one really interesting thing, though, that I love theme-wise was both of these movies, Damon's character and Sam, De Niro's character, they're like these operational, and, and I can say this because I actually have been diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder, but OCD mentalities, right? The way Sam runs a casino, it's like with an iron fist and you can't get anything by him, but yet they both have these one little weaknesses, and it's their one relationship. For Sam, it's Ginger. For Matt Damon, what's Matt Damon's character's name again? No one remembers. No one remembers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Rounder. Rounder. Yeah. <laughs> Rounder, Bailey Michael. pounded Wait. the ground round. Drew, get the iPad. It was Mike. Sorry, that was my role. I, I failed. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Mike Malkovich. It was Mike McDermott. That was it. And for <laughs> Matt Damon's character, Mike, he seems very, especially after he loses all of his money at the table, he seems very, like, operational. I'm going to hold my promises. I'm going to be a straight and narrow kind of guy from now on. And then Worm comes in his life. And so I love how both of these movies, and I don't think we intentionally knew that going in, but they both, it's weird how they both have these flaws and they end up being nearly their downfall. Oh yeah. Um, For Sam, it is his downfall. But also, I actually think that mirrors gambling too. I'm not great at cards. In fact, the best cards I've ever played, Phil, you've witnessed. The few times we've played cards together, those were my best hands. Yeah, you crushed it, man. Yeah, but that's the only time I've done well. But not understanding cards, gambling is a weird addiction because it's the only addiction where it's like, if you're good at it, it's a skill and you can pay your rent. If right? you're bad at it, it can completely ruin your life. Yeah. Heroin's, We're all great at drinking, but that's a problem. Yeah. Like, you know? Heroin's not like that. It's not like, oh, wait a minute. When he's really on his heroin game, yeah. he crushes. He's oh, blasting those veins. Oh, when, just when drinking shit. is a problem? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a second. What? <laughs> when Dale's on his fentanyl game, holy shit. <laughs> he just ups the game, baby. But it's really interesting because I think that mirrors these characters, right? Because it's like this weird sliding scale. It's like when you're up, you're up and you are you are on top of the world. And, yeah. and, and That's so true. That's a great point. Yeah. If you're good at cards, you're a shark. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're drinking, you're just a drunk. <laughs> you're just a drunk, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, if I smoke three packs a day, it's like you are gonna get cancer. Yeah, you know. But with gambling, when you're up, it's like, holy shit, this guy yeah. can play. But when you're down, it's like that guy's an addict. He needs to call the hotline. <laughs> yeah, he's mortgaging <laughs> his house now on the table. I mean, I know people that get into that app. They get into the fantasy football apps, and they had never gambled in their life. And before you know it, they're like, I needed to delete hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know why you got to point your fingers at me. <laughs> they right? draft the same offensive lineman for all five offensive lineman positions. I just thought, like, Jake the- yeah. I thought Jake DeLone was going to win me millions. Yeah. The, if you think that, you are a resident of Charlotte anyway. <laughs> Also, you retired like 15 yeah. years ago. So no, any- they still think he plays. Don't worry. So anyway, yeah, the 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 idea of gambling and how like on the upside you're, you know, like I said, you're a pro. If you lose it all, you're an addict. It's a yeah. really interesting thing. And I think casino especially reflects that. The Yeah, when everything's fine at the casino, like Sam is the is the <laughs> god. When yeah. stuff starts going sideways, oh, he's just some scumbag from the Northeast. And table you know? saws start coming out. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Shit changes quickly. And in rounders too, because the, the minute that they owed, you know, when it went from 50, 
15 to 25 grand they owed KGB. Like shit got real yeah. real quick when Gamma starts enforcing. It's like, oh, this is no longer just about two buddies gambling. This is like they have a debt to pay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, KGB, aka the worst Russian accent I have ever heard. <laughs> I have a rando for that. Shout out to John Malkovich. Amazing actor. Okay, we'll do a quick Patreon. I'm asking you, the movie warrior, mm, to movie gamble. Warriors. How have we never called them that? Before? To gamble on us. To just take, just roll the dice one time. Seven bucks a month. That's a really shitty Dunkin' Donuts Starbucks latte. Hey, America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah, yeah. America does run on Dunkin', but Dunkin' sucks, okay? No, and that's why instead not as of- as much as Starbucks. Instead of going into that corporate greed factory that's built on sin and corporatism, you could go to our Patreon. There's and, a link. And help us become a corporate greed and factory. And help us become the greed mongers, baby. Yeah. Apple. The seed of corruption starts small. It does. You know? With $7. Like, why would you give your money to a fully fertilized, Vetted. blossomed seed when you could give your money to a seed that has not been fertilized yeah. yet? Give us your money. Help our seed grow. The problem with those companies is, is they have a proven business model and they offer a return on investment. That is old school. We're yeah, in the new age. All we have to do is tell you that we are good at this and you yeah. give us money and you don't ever ask a question again or we'll sick Nikki on you. We'll come up with a bunch of bullshit inflated numbers. You'll give us your money. You'll never see it again. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you will get to listen to us rant about shit, talk about asinine categories and just entertain you for however long this shit takes. But for real, you take a gamble, you get interviews with people like Peter Iliff, which by the way, Point Break, birthday today, came out July 12th. I interviewed Peter Iliff. I'm 30 years ago, right? Was that yeah, 30 years? I think so, roughly, yeah. Wow. Uh, I interviewed Mel Gibson Stuntman. I'm editing that as we speak. I just released my interview with Steve Byrne, the legendary comedian and documentarian and filmmaker. Man, we he have... really burns up that whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's doing his hour special at the Franklin Theater next month. So oh, wow. for, this, for his Amazon filming, I'm going to go. That's awesome. I'm stoked. And, uh, and you get bonus features. We have all these outtakes. So the show is so long. We have all these funny outtakes. You get extra stuff. You get a front seat to the greatness. But you got to not go to Dunkin' Donuts one time this month. That's all I ask. Go to the link in our bio. Go to MovieWarsPodcast.com. Support us on Patreon. Drew, impressions. What did you think? Well, at first, when I started Casino, I thought I was watching Goodfellas. Turned out it wasn't the same movie. <clears throat> when I started watching Rounders, I thought I was watching 21. Different movie. So it was a little disorienting for me. But this is not our most accurate matchup. I'll just say that up front. Like it was, the, I I struggled personally to find the connective tissue. They're both, they both pertain to gambling. So I get it. But I think the thing for me that was interesting is it just revealed a really like the seedy kind of scoundrel nature of that world. Like it was just, it's just a bunch of losers like who are just, just trying to survive and they'll just cutthroat like to win money, whatever it takes. And they're seriously like addicted. Like it's an actual addiction. Like, yes, if you're good, but it still proves to be a problem in their life and disrupts their relationships and their, just their quality of life. And I think you see that in both movies. And also I thought it was a cool depiction of their respective cities. Obviously the only one of them is in Vegas, but Casino's a really good Las Vegas movie. And I actually thought Rounders was a really good New York movie because it showed them out on the streets a lot, talking a lot mm -hmm. about the different games that were happening in the city. So I thought it was interesting the like the way they really made you feel like you were in the city that it took place in. And so, all the gambling was mob supported, mob founded. So KGB's Russian mob ran those tables and then the ah, in yes. real life it was the Chicago mob. Legally they couldn't say the Chicago mob a casino because <clears> they would have been sued, but it was the Chicago mob that was running that casino. Excellent so, point. Yeah. Impressions, Filskis. Yeah. Similar to Drew watching Casino and I texted midway through my three day watch of Casino because <laughs> it takes a while. As you guys know, I watch these movies as well during my workouts and walks and things like that. So Casino was a, a big old bite, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Took a big old bite of Casino. Took me three days to chew it and swallow it. <laughs> Shit, man. No, man, that was, I think I texted midway through the movie, like, this movie is literally Goodfellas. It's just a, it's just a casino, like a Vegas skin on top of Goodfellas. You've got the loose cannon and Joe Pesci just being the same fucking character he was. The same guy, but literally with like a Dup Bears accent. And a lot yeah. worse. He was more, he was more brutal, but yeah, same guy. Yeah, and then De Niro. Same guy, but with like, a vice grip. Yeah. Yeah, being the same dude. Well, like we were just missing Ray Liotta and and like a body in a trunk. No, there were bodies in the trunks. Oh, too soon, man. Oh, yeah. oh sorry, I didn't mean we already, <laughs> body in the trunk. we already paid homage. We can make fun of him this yeah. week. I, I thought it. If this offends you, I really don't care because if you get offended over someone's commentary on movies, you might want to reevaluate your life. Mm. Um, get off Reddit. I think Casino was just a a less good version of Goodfellas. Yeah. Honestly, Rounders was a favorite of mine in college because it was just like a cool look at that world even though on this rewatch it was super hyperbolized and everyone in that movie was a moron but uh, I still enjoyed it. it it's just a popcorn
popcorn cult classic, and I, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was worth, in in spite of its gaping asshole of flaws. But yeah, it was there very. What are those? Are you talking about like just in the card play or just the no? Just like, the characters were so just irrationally stupid and suckers just over and over and over again for the same shit. And John Malkovich's Russian character was ridiculous. It just sounded like a person who spoke English doing a Russian accent, which yeah. is, there's more to an accent than just an accent. It's like you're adopting the the cadence of how a, how a foreign person would also speak English. And I felt like John Malkovich, for as heralded of as an actor as he is, did a terrible job of that. It was the weirdest, longest vodka commercial I've ever seen. It was so strange. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was, it was funny. And But in spite of all those flaws, it's... There are movies that just kind of like transcend their bullshit, their own bullshit, and that was Rounders. So I, yeah. I really enjoy Rounders. Well, this is maybe the first or... Se- no, this is the second time because I hadn't seen Field of Dreams. But this is what? the second time on the podcast that I haven't seen the movie, which is rare because I've seen so many, but I had not seen Rounders. No way! I was, yeah. I was the only one here mm-hmm. who had seen that movie before. Yeah. I found it to be very fresh. You know, the 90s stuff was a little dated, the frosted tips, kiss my ass, whatever, but it was, <laughs> it was really fresh. I liked it, and it was also kind of how we got Matt Damon because Matt Damon had only had a very small row uh, role in Alamo before mm-hmm. he was in it for like a scene or two very minimal screen time so no one knew Matt Damon Ed Norton was very still very unknown at the time so in a way we got two of our biggest stars one I would consider to be one of the finer actors of our time which is Ed Norton really interesting stuff and Casino I love because everyone knows Scorsese Lifer is my favorite director Casino is part of what Scorsese would consider to be a trilogy which is Mean Streets Goodfellas and then Casino and there's no bones about it with him in the commentary, he acknowledges like I this is a grander, more exorbitant Goodfellas. Like he did look at this as a he called it a spiritual successor to Goodfellas, not necessarily a sequel. Interesting. But Mean Streets, if you haven't seen it, is Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel. This is the you know in the seventies. That's like street level street guys. This is like you know low level, not big mob guy. Goodfellas is like coming into your own, being coming a made man. Casino is mob at full extravagance. Like it's the hyper it end, and he wanted everything to be in excess. He wanted everything to be. If it was going to be long, it was going to be was. too long. If it was going to be a pink, <laughs> if it was going to be a pink blazer, it was going to be a neon pink blazer, like everything. And I honestly, listen, I love Casino. At times, I've thought about putting it in the top fifty, but there's one reason I I don't, and that's because, like you said, Goodfellas is a fucking masterpiece. I'm not saying Casino is as it's bad, and there is a camp there, and I have found this since we've done our podcast. There is a large camp of people that do think Casino is the superior film. That's great. They're it's both okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. There's a pacing issue. Remember in Goodfellas, you said this during the Goodfellas. Godfather episode. Remember, like once they do the Luft- the Lufthansa heist, and then it's like zero to sixty in three seconds. Like all of a sudden, it's just boom, boom, boom. That was so perfectly done, and the cuts and the music and the needle drops were so good that that just felt perfect. There's a longer stretch of like forty minutes here when stuff starts to fall apart, when Ginger starts to lose it, and Sam's life starts to fall- become unhinged. It's almost so much happening. The whole mm-hmm. thing felt like a montage to me. Yes, like yeah. there's no scene longer than thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, with maybe the exception of the one where she's like falling apart in the bed and he's trying to like but everything else felt like this like just montage just like and needle drops and like yes. loud ex- music and just it was my, just so intense. I don't know I tell my daughter this all the time but you can only tell a joke once and it's like you're you know, of course you're teaching a five-year-old that who will just repeat the same joke 15 times in a row but I kind of feel that way with the movie thing like I I had seen Casino in the past and it, it was fine like it never really grabbed me but having just recently watched Goodfellas for the podcast like maybe eight months ago or something um man watching casino was like I, I i didn't even have that on my radar that they were the same film but like 30 minutes in i was like holy shit this is literally goodfellas like almost shot for shot just with a different mm. backdrop and they had to have that burst that 30 minute 40 minute burst of crazy cut like it just that's in there yeah. towards the end like very similar in terms of how the story's told to me it felt a little bit like quentin tarantino was remaking goodfellas like it was almost like almost like karaoke like Ooh. hey i'm gonna just re- sing the song but a little sillier this time I'm gonna do different ad-libs and runs on it because it's live and I want to see yeah. it again I don't know it just is weird well especially since Tarantino leans a lot on hyperbole and like everything is just yeah over almost the parody yeah, yeah 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 Tarantino's talked about being inspired by Scorsese we had gotten Pulp Fiction a year before I think so there definitely 
had to be some influence there. Like probably mm-hmm. some some exchanging of the uh, the homage they pay to each other. So yeah. that being said, I still love Casino. I would rather watch a Scorsese film than ninety percent of the new shit that comes out today. Yeah, um, days, it yeah. doesn't you know, easy old man. Easy. <laughs> Goodfellas, I, I give an eleven out of ten, and and for for some of the flaws I mentioned, I still give Casino an eight. I mean, I still love it. I would watch it again next week. I loved it. I wouldn't watch it back to back. I would watch Goodfellas back to back day after day, but Casino, I would need some time. I love the F word, but Pesci, I think it broke a record for F words at the time. And it, it, at one point, I even was like, okay, let's see. It didn't let, bother let's me. Let's down. <laughs> I didn't notice that as much as I noticed Ginger never stopped screaming and crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last yeah. series, the last hour of that movie was like 75% of her just crying and screaming. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that gave me absolutely mind numbing and insufferable. It and, was bad. And James Woods, man. Oh my gosh. He's the sleaziest failed pimp ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, Lester. Lester the Pimp. Speaking of insufferable girlfriends, can we talk about... What's her name? Joe. Joe. Oh, my God. She's so dull. I've got a category yeah. for her. This woman doesn't... Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, but no, go ahead. You can well, go. I was just going to say, like, this woman doesn't want Mike McDermott, and yet he's over here turning down Famke Jansen when she's throwing herself at him. Like, to me, that makes zero sense. What's that girl's name? The tall, dark, and handsome? F- Famke Jansen? That, to me, just from a story standpoint, point that didn't make any any damn sense maybe they were trying to show that he's a stand-up guy or that he's trying to get his life together maybe i think that's that, what that was, was what they were trying to show with that i think if if joe was more likable it maybe it, they would have pulled it off better yeah exactly totally. she well, felt like a favor casting like she is she related to somebody she's gotta be she's probably another coppola they're all running around <laughs> Um, I, I here's what I think I hear you kind of saying. Imagine her just with a better actress, like a better actress. Scott yeah, Cass. yeah. A, any any actress would have fair fixed enough. That. Yeah, maybe she it wasn't was, the character as much as it was just the performance. Oh, she. Oh was yeah, so, the performance was like yeah, milk on bread. And she's supposed to be a, like a brilliant law student, but I never get that. And but she has these convictions about his gambling, but she never really emotionally no, sells yeah, that. She never no, sells anything that she's saying. There's but even no the writing, it's it. like she was like, "Were you anywhere near a card game?" It's like, can we not? <laughs> then she. Come up with a better way to <laughs> confront him. Like, were you or were you not yeah. anywhere near? Give it to me in miles. How many miles were you from a card game, I Mike? Found, I found that gangster roll in your pocket. Yeah, because maybe in 1995 it was weird to carry 300 bucks on you. I mean, today it'd be real weird. Yeah. But back then, before like, you know, fucking crypto and shit, like mm. you're just carrying around 300 bucks <laughs> yeah. in your pocket. Today, like, that's not that weird. Yeah, if you have 300 bucks in your pocket today, it's because you just sold Adderall to a high school 100%, student. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Or you sold, uh, never mind. Randos. We're going to talk about Casino. So all the characters in Casino are based on real people for the most part. Lots of changed names due to legal. And there were there were actual scares this time, whereas there was a lot of cooperation on Goodfellas. With Casino, because it was really based on the Chicago mob, if you notice, they never actually used the term Chicago because they were so afraid of not just legal, but like actual possible violence. Sam Ace Rothstein, who is Robert De Niro's character, is based on Frank Lefty Rosenthal, who's a real guy, and you watch the interviews with him on the special, there's a documentary on the special features on the 4K, and he is exactly, dude, De Niro played him to a T, obsessive, like, operational, like, intense, married a woman that was his downfall, like, same shit. Rosenthal didn't want to participate, like, he was like, yeah, you can make my character, you can base him on my character, don't use my name, but I'm not gonna help you. But then he found out that De Niro had been cast to play him, and he was like, I'll tell you everything. (laughs) He was a big De Niro fan. Wow. Was super stoked to be played, and and all the other guys, and there were other people that were, were they were like locked tight, like we're not talking to you. In fact, we're gonna sue you. We don't give a shit about this movie. The minute De Niro got cast, all the mobsters that these guys are based on came out of the woodworks, like we'll we'll help. Weird. We'll, we'll take part. <laughs> That's so strange, man. Yeah. De Niro, what like what pull that guy had? Well, he's he's just etched himself as a legend, and especially in the mob film universe, and and like yeah. I mean, he was, essentially plays the same character in every movie. Not every movie, but a lot of them. Y- yeah, he's very reserved. Like, there's not a lot of character there. Like, it, yeah, I, that sounds weird to say, but he's he's kind of no. I agree. I think with what you're you. saying, or what I what I would say to affirm what you just said, is that he's kind of just himself. Yeah. I feel like he's just Robert De Niro in every movie. But it's one of those rare instances where I just, I'll just give me more. Like, give me more De Niro. I love it. I, I don't love it for every actor, but, you know, seeing him do what he did, something similar to Goodfellas, like, I'll take it. I love it. I just can't get enough. Oh, this is really interesting. So the in the law scene where the first time that Nikki and Sam get pinched and they're in the courtroom, the guy that plays their lawyer was really the guy that played, was their actual lawyer in real life for the real people. And that guy eventually became the mayor of Las Vegas. His name is... Is Oscar Goodman, and he built his whole legal career being a defense attorney for 
casino mobsters, and he eventually became the mayor of Las Vegas. And he's in the movie playing their lawyer. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? And so it is so strange. <laughs> in the special features, he's very reserved. Like he never confesses to anything, even uh, though he became yeah. a mayor. He's like, yeah, he was like, I, I would say they made the most out of their opportunity being entrepreneurs in the casino industry. <laughs> he's just very, wow. very wordsmithy. Um, and so, Drew, this actually, this rando speaks to what you said earlier. You said it just you didn't feel like there was. Oh, I just felt, I felt like it was a, a big montage. A quote from Scorsese about Casino, there's no plot at all. That's a word-for-word word quote from him. He felt like there was a main story and a thread, and the way he wanted to direct this movie was just very reactive, very momentous. Like, he just wanted the excess just to carry the film. So he says he doesn't feel like there's a plot, and a lot of his producers said that's how he directed this movie. How you is that not that? a problem? Like saying, you said it was a mon- felt like a montage. A montage doesn't have a plot. It's well, just like, look at, at all these mo- scenes. Well, montages are supposed to pr- move the plot forward in a quick way. Basically cover a big, vast amount of time in a short amount of time. Interesting. But this didn't. This just was a weird It's funny over. that all of our reads on this were right, but for like interesting reasons. Like we picked up on all this, but in different ways. But how is that not a problem? It did get a little bit of negative criticism coming out. And the only, still to this day, the only Oscar Scorsese's ever won was for Departed. So the, the Academy hasn't ever viewed anything he's ever done <laughs> as Oscar worthy. So, I mean. It's because the Departed ruled. <laughs> it was a good story there. It was so, kinda, hey, let me ask you this. Did you read the book? I didn't this time. I know. <sighs> I actually forgot and I, I didn't remember there was a book until I was watching the credits and based on based on the book. That's actually a great lead into the rando though. The book wasn't finished until the movie was finished. So Pelleggi was writing the book. <laughs> what? Yeah. So what? They, sounds like some yeah. Game of Thrones so he, shit. They were ri- he was writing. No wonder there's no story. I they based that on the source material that wasn't finished. Yeah, yeah. He was writing the book as the movie was being made and he couldn't finish the book and there was all these iterations and he he literally had to finish the book because the movie was finished and he had to finish it, get it published. Then they could officially say it was based on Pelleggi's novel. Wait. Same, same author that wrote uh, the book Goodfellas is based on same guy what the actual fuck yeah he's a journalist oh and how he- is that not a problem <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be your new quote this podcast how is that not a problem <laughs> this, is, this is all coming together now it is um joe pesci was based on tony the ants uh i hope i say this correctly we have so many italian names i need your italian blood here yeah spilotro p-i-l-o-t-r-o spilotro probably they called him the ant he looks exactly like the guy they called the ant pit bosses were fainting because they thought pesci was him and they had they were so scared of him that they brought on set to consult and they saw him they like had to double tape because they remember how dangerous that guy really is and so they said one pit boss said i almost quote unquote i almost fainted because of my personal dealings with spilotro when i saw pesci wow yeah dude what i mean to terrify another man so much that you almost pass out as mere presence like well, that's serious the vice thing is real and that actually that's one of the most accurate things he did bust a guy's eyeball out of his skull in a vice in real life so that actually is based on Good something and did i was gonna say that scene was so brutal <laughs> oh that my God. had to have been real because no one no normal human thinks of something like that you know if i put his head in a vice grip no you got it in you're, the end i had to put his fucking head in a vice <laughs> i don't want to do it i don't want to do it but uh all right randos about rounders and now we get to talk about rounder my, rounders randos randos rand randos my rounders. T- my tiktok nemesis brian koppelman who i madly Dude, respect yes i saw him in the cre- in the in the credit yep. roll at the end and i was like this guy even though even though he called me out for being wrong he's he's a legend he's written a lot of great stuff um total mad mad respect he called john Dahl, the director after he lost all of his money in an underground manhattan gambling thing just like the film and i guess instead of being really frustrated that he lost all of his money he called john Dahl and said we've got to write a movie about this <laughs> he just was so elated by the experience that that's how they wrote rounders i don't i don't gamble i played i lost a dollar once on a blackjack round at, in mississippi at tunica and i was like tunica. that's it. Yeah. yeah tunica uh john malkovich the fantastic john malkovich so here's a there's a little bit of reason why i I think you feel the way you do about his Russian accent. The way he learned it was, is he ha- uh, made friends with a random Russian woman. Maybe it was a woman he knew, but she recorded his entire dialogue onto a tape recorder and he memorized it by, by playing it over and over again and mimicking it. And when he told, and they actually offered to hire him a voice coach so he could actually learn the dialogue. Should have taken him up on Yeah, that. he should have. But he said, How uh, is that not a problem? Yeah, How is that not a problem? I love this new quote of Marcus yours. Markovich is the voice quote. I need to get coach. a coffee cup with it on it. Malkovich said when he he denied the the voice coach or the dialogue coach, he said when someone learns a language, they don't learn it perfectly. And I think in your <laughs> no shit, <laughs> how was that 
<laughs> and this isn't a problem. That's not else. a one-to-one comparison. He's uh, not learning a language. He know. sounds like a normal American dude doing a Russian accent. That sounds like a good way to justify a bad accent. Yeah. Now, it kind of is a th- through line, though, and this is still 90s, right? So the, the respect for Russians and, and cinema has never really been high. They're always a bad guy. <laughs> They're always... They're not helping their yeah. own cause right now. Not either, a ton so. of Russian heroes in American cinema, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was, I don't give a shit about it that could, thing. It, it, you might be yeah. right about that, actually, because I don't think anybody except for my, you know, anal ass would give a shit about whether or not his Russian accent was halfway decent. They'd be like, ah, John Malkovich is semi-making fun of Russians or whatever. So yeah. When you have a movie that's called Being John Malkovich... You just, who gives a shit? That's an awesome movie. Is it? Andy has one of my favorite uh, SNL skits ever when he was a guest on SNL. It's hilarious. You mock me. So good. Just a few more here or a couple of more here. Ed Norton did a lot of improv on Rounders and one of his biggest contributions, you remember at the beginning when he's getting checked out of prison, they call it, time to check out. You you know, you've spent enough time here. Um, and so, <laughs> so he throws the cigarettes away. You remember when he hands him the toothpick and the plastic bag? So that was a character choice that he made because originally he was supposed to be a smoker. Hey, he was actually really concerned about health, like even though they usually use fake cigarettes, he didn't want to do with that. And he thought for some reason in his mind, he's like, no, Worm is not a smoker. Worm is is a toothpick guy. And so that was this weird choice to me. So that's why the toothpick all throughout the film, why it's in the plastic bag, it's like his good luck charm. And that was a Norton improv. So. I think it was also a statement because he's anti-smoking. Like he thinks cigarettes are the devil. So he was making that. Interesting. Is that a real thing? Norton is? Like he's completely... Norton? He did not want to depict his character as a oh. cigarette smoker. So he like reconfigured it to where he would win the cigarettes in a game, but then give them away because he doesn't smoke. Oh, you just out-randoed me, you asshole. <laughs> out Can you consult me before you out-show me on my own? No. Sorry about that. I, I'm just trying to end up no. on the TikTok at some point. I'm kidding. That was amazing. <laughs> you do show up on the TikTok. You don't even know because you don't even follow up. No. <laughs> no, that was amazing. And what's, what, what, isn't this funny? Sigourney Weaver misses anti-gun. I hate guns and I contribute money to anti-gun campaigns. Shooting mm. aliens with guns. Mm. Yeah. Norton is actually like, <laughs> I'm uh, anti-cigarette, but gambling addiction? Sign <laughs> me up! Totally. But he didn't smoke. He didn't have, so it's just interesting how of his conviction actually he held through to the film but Sigourney's like oh I'm still gonna shoot the shit out of some aliens with a gun you know just anyway yeah so. they're all hypocrites but who isn't yeah who isn't uh, last one here um, Koppelman so the whole them going to the that first gambling game being in that frat house was actually based on Koppelman so he went to Tufts 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 it's 15 minutes from Harvard and they used to go and clean out frat boys at poker so wow. his buddies would go they'd all go to Harvard and they'd get invited to play so that's where he became a know-it-all asshole yeah <laughs> No, come on. Fuck come that on. guy, It was dude. fun. It was, I was Who? totally wrong. I Busy was... writing hit movies and shows. <laughs> it's improv, not ad-lib. <laughs> hey, go fuck he was, yourself. He was right. I was wrong. Asshole. But hey, what can I say? He used to clean out Harvard guy, and that's good enough for me. Go, go no, for your... <laughs> He said, "Written, not ad-libbed." Yes, it oh. was. It was a little. I was gonna say, improv and ad-lib are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a message to talk about it. He never responded. I was like, "Hey, of course not." Okay, like, hey, you want to talk about it? And I'm because- just a lowly podcaster. But uh, anyway, shall we roll the dice? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's roll. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is this device, Phil? What is this thing Drew brought to it's the... It's like two room? iPads, except yeah. one it, doesn't have a screen. It's it, much more conducive to what to the needs that we have. He's like rubbing phone. one part, and it's making the other part move. It's a flip. <laughs> Are we still talking about... <laughs> it's the flip phone of iPad. Get that laptop out, man. Get that Get, the, bro. get the laptop. The flip phone All of right. iPad. Top Bill Cast. These Let's are going to be tough. Starting with the oldest to... to the newest. Casino, Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, Joe Pesci. Rounders, Matt Damon, Edward Norton, and Gretchen Maul. Is that Joe? Gretchen Maul. I would say we could just do the top two, but the top two technically in Casino is De Niro and Stone, not De Niro and Pesci. You gotta get Pesci in there. You gotta. So cut it off at three. That's a that's a that's a creative decision we made. Phil. Uh Casino. Yeah? Yep. Why? Because the Cause acting Gretchen in that Mall's movie was better. Because <laughs> Joe yeah. isn't in it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Miss, like, pour milk on bread, but don't throw it in the frying pan was not in that movie. I think these both these movies had a lot of problems. Uh, one of them in Casino was, in my opinion, for the most part, was not the acting, even though Pesci's character was a little, his accent, another one with the accent, was a little strange and not, it, it went in and out and sounded kind of weird. But um, overall, De Niro, I think, just did a far better job than either of the guys in Rounders. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll give it to the crew of the Sino. Jerusky's. Mm-hmm. I think I have more problems with the characters than I do the act. 
characters in these movies. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like even Worm, his character is obnoxious. Like he's always like, really, dude. Like, but he's really stupid. I think he makes you feel like he makes the the viewer feel the way as in like the way they intended. Like we we were supposed to be like really sad for Mike, you know, and we wanted to feel that tension. Like, ugh, because we've all been like, uh, we've had this that friend that, that you know that kind of pulls us down, but we love him. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> hey! No, but like I feel like that's kind of a that was a choice. So, but I, I guess I'll have to go Casino simply because Gretchen Mall was her performance was pretty pretty hard to watch. She was abysmal, and that's a nice way to put it. She she was Pepto abysmal. Sharon Stone was also insufferable, but I, I don't think it was the acting as much as it was just the character. Yeah, her character. Yeah, Sharon Stone's character was. And what you just said is Woo. exactly why I'm picking Casino. Listen again, I'm not giving this the 11 out of 10. I gave Goodfellas. I still give it an eight out of 10. It's it's not perfect, but it's not because the actors aren't acting their asses off. They are acting their asses off. Scorsese just wanted to make a plotless, insane, grander version of his best film and maybe one of the top five best films ever made, Goodfellas. Yeah, I I feel like the movie was like, when he was like pitching it, like the elevator pitch is like, it's Goodfellas in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like, got it. And Stone, and Stone, I give Stone a lot of credit here because Stone had a bad reputation because of the way, so her, the film that she was known most for was Basic Instinct where she's naked and having crazy sex the whole time, the Vorhoven film with Michael Good Douglas. to know. And the way that she got on that movie was questionable because I guess she like used a sex tape as her audition and she got on that way. Dude, so there was always this thing, can Sharon Stone act? And I don't think you can watch Casino and think Sharon Stone can't act. Is she insufferable? Absolutely. But I think the person based on the documentary I watched was insufferable she was supposed to be and you can't say she didn't execute so yeah. again this 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 these casino well you can guys. say she didn't execute because robert de niro was saved by a metal plate in his car yes so she did not execute and that really happened by the way <laughs> she tried that is insane that that is based on what that's really a weird happened. detail only real life could provide you with such a yes. detail little did it, they know the 1972 trans something yes. had a metal plate under the driver's seat he ju- rosenthal jumps out of the car in real life it's crazy it's amazing. Just, in, anyway casino all day Long and listen, I, I do want to say a little controversial here. You know how you, here, you know how I feel about Matt Damon. I think this is his second best performance behind Good Will I would Hunting. agree. It was one of his better performances. I loved it. Like I actually was. I found his performance refreshing, more better than The Martian, better than what he did in Departed. I actually thought he this was his second best. No, role. nothing will ever top him eating his own shit potatoes. But you know, y- yeah. But I mean, who anybody can eat shit potatoes? That's an interesting choice. Anyway, get your get that get that flip phone, iPad thing, laptop going to support cast. Rub All right, supporting cast. Uh, we got Joe Pesci. Nope, we did Joe Pesci. <laughs> James Woods, Don Rickles, Alan King, Kevin Pollack. My favorite name, Dick Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stripper Just name. Cover it up. Don't let it breathe. Man, I didn't know those real names. Meanwhile, in New York, you've oh. got John Malkovich, Paul Cicero, Ray Iannicelli, John Turturro. She's not, she wasn't paid well in this movie, but I feel like you have to throw in Famke Jansen because she's she was great. And she was a standout, especially compared to her counterpart, Joe. So. I think the reason is, now that I'm thinking about it, she didn't make any money on this because she was in Goldeneye, but that came after this. She mm. was like the Russian yeah, girl, woman she in totally Goldeneye. would do that well. And then she did, she was, uh, uh, what's her name? Jean Grey and X-Men, the X-Men movies. Yes, uh, that's, that's where I knew So she later, this was kind of her like launch. So that's why she wouldn't be in the. And Cicero, a Scorsese lifer. And Goodfellas. And, true, yeah, so true, 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 true. Funny true, little true, connection true. there. So anyway, what do you think, Kyle? Again, I, I hate to, to go this route. If, if there's anything that Scorsese does well, he can be, even though he's my favorite director, I know he can be self-indulgent. I know he can, he can kind of exaggerate some of his premises. He does not falter when it comes to cast very often. He does a few times. I thought Matt Dan, Damon wasn't great in The Departed. He's had a few misses, but for the most part, uh, this supporting cast is no different. So, and uh, I liked, um, I liked James Woods a lot as Lester, even though Lester was like, like if Body Odor like had a character in a Martin Scorsese movie, Body Odor would be played by James Woods as Lester. That was, he was so skeezy. He wasn't confident, but somehow he was controlling Ginger's mind. It, he just, I think it was an underrated performance because he was not a good pimp. He was really bad at being a pimp, but somehow. Are you a good pimp or but, a bad pimp? But think about it. He had control. Ginger, like, he had control over her entire life mentally. Like, if he asked her to jump, she said, how high? And, like, we, but why? He's horrible. He's, like, a horrible person. But, anyway, I thought James Wood was underrated here, so I go casino. Phil. Uh, um, I go 
go rounders here because honestly, the, the supporting cast in Casino, like the, the performances in Casino kind of stopped for me after the top bill actors. Like the, the supporting cast, like Don Rickles essentially stood there the whole time. He didn't really do a whole lot. Um, Love Don Rickles, but I mean, there wasn't much to hang your hat on there. I um, didn't get to mention, mention this during Randos, but the reason he was cast is because he, he got his early comedian chops were in mm. casinos during this time period. So that this, this is all written on. So not during this time period, but early in his career, probably what, 40s, 50s, 60s, yeah. started off in casinos. So they loved having him on set for his casino knowledge. So anyway, I wanted yeah, to Yeah, he wasn't like, he kind of just was an ineffect, ineffectual uh, set piece to me. Um, Rounders, John Turturro's character was fantastic um, and he executed it well as he always does. That guy is one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. I agree um, with you. As shitty as John Malkovich's accent was, his acting was still great. Um, it was. He, he really like, I don't know how you can fuck up an accent that badly and still be great to watch, but he was still great to watch. He was still John Malkovich and he played like, you know, the unhinged uh, backup thing really well. Um, better way to rephrase it. Has anyone eaten an Oreo better on screen? Dude, yeah. <laughs> no man has ever listened to a cookie as well as that guy. I love that that ended up being his tell, by the way. Yeah, right? I didn't that was see cool. that coming, actually. I was like, wow! How yeah. did he not see that coming? That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, I didn't, but I'm No, not no, not you as the viewer. Oh, I mean, oh. how did it take Mike? him in so long? How is that not a problem? <laughs> yeah. But that anyway, that's that's why I go rounders. I think where the lead actor stuff in rounders kind of faltered, it really picked up a lot of slack with the background cast. Um, so, yeah. I agree on the tutorial love. Rounders. He does not, he does not get enough love. Drewski's. I, th I think both the supporting cast and these movies were pretty forgettable, if I'm being honest. But I, I will say, to, to Phil's point, KGB was pretty interesting, if nothing else. Like he mm -hmm. was like, he was very unique and memorable. Yeah, for sure. So I'll give him that. And I like Famke Jansen a lot. I thought her character was. Oh, I like her a lot. <laughs> Damn, Drew. <laughs> Why? She's you great. just keep bringing her up. She's with... great. <laughs> she... Anyway, give that to Rounders. Moving on. Tied at one here. Uh, this is an interesting category. Earlier in my introduction, you know, I talked about how both of these characters have what Martin Scorsese describes Ginger as as a, a destructive force. So yeah, we got Worm and we got Ginger. Who is the best destructive force bringing down their protagonist counterparts? I guess if you oh, could call Sam a protagonist, but I mean, at the end of the day, there's a reason why dudes stay with horrible women, and it's because sex. They can't say no to. The <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 but, so what? How is this category phrased again? Who is the better chaotic force? Like who does their job better? Dude, basically? I mean, who's the most chaotic? Yeah, who's the most chaotic? What's her name? I mean, she was the walking embodiment of unhinged chaos. Like everywhere she went, she caused destruction and mayhem. And she's the fucking tornado. Was just and just became more and more <laughs> insane as the movie went on. And like the scene where she's doing coke in front of her daughter. Like yeah, that, I was just watching that, me. and she's like, "Don't do this. This is bad." And she's like, you know, just blazing. <laughs> In that fucking line tapes her to the bed. She Dude, literally handcuffed her daughter to the bed. What a like, horrible! What the and then yeah. she's justifying it. Well, I just didn't want her to get out so I could go buy drugs. You know, <laughs> it was like what a horrible human being. What's his name? Was just he Worm. was just that dumb friend that brings you down and that you just keep like you believe in him. Like ah, oh, maybe if I do this one more good thing for him, he'll come around. Like he was destructive, but like not in the aggressive way that what's her face was. Like Ginger was off the fucking charts. Yeah, Ginger was. She was a tornado. Yeah, Worm just he was that guy that could just he couldn't quite get out of his own way but as the viewer you're still in, you're still pulling for him i think you're at least you're supposed to whereas ginger clearly the viewer is being told this woman is like i couldn't have said it better phil unhinged she's completely off the rails and the viewer is supposed to know that believe that and not be pulling for her anymore she's actually not a protagonist like she's not only not a protagonist she's an antagonist at that point yeah so I mean, she tried to kill the protagonist for yeah. god's sake <laughs> yeah and <laughs> See, she's a literal tornado. Like, she's... I actually went rounders here, but it's because loyalty. You know, I love loyalty. I feel like Worm is a horrible friend. Like, I know there's one interpretation of Worm where he's just dumb and, you know, he's just... You got kind of got to cheer for him. But I do think... I know there wouldn't be a movie if he was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to Mike. He doesn't want to gamble anymore in the movie here, you know, 20 minutes in. Well, Worm is an actual gambling addict. Yeah. Like, if you want to, like, put a label on somebody... 
Dude's an addict. Yeah, and he's he's guising it. He's disguising it as friendship, though, and that's why I hated it. Well, she, with I, Ginger, I mean, she's insane, but she's not trying to present herself as anything other than she's fucking. Oh yeah, insane. she's not trying to hide it. She's worm doing drugs and So I picked Worm. So, but you're saying Worm is the most chaotic? I would say that because he's intentionally harboring the chaos and and manipulating his friend into doing something that he's adamantly trying to not do and cure himself from. Or is he's he a bad a, friend? Is he an addict? And- well, yep. I was raised by addicts, and addicts do that. You know, they're not, they're not, you, you can't excuse their horrible decision making just because they're addicts. I hate to say it, people. I know we're, we're in the mental health yay era, but. No, but how is that different than Ginger? I, well, gin, but Ginger's not. Oh, she's, she, you're, Ginger's yeah, she's, an not, addict she's too. not lying. She's, she's never painted it. She's yeah, just, yeah. she's just, she's a tornado to the end. And Sam knew she was a tornado yeah. when he met, when he married her. Like he wasn't, the reason he married her, because she was so different than everything. Everything in his life was structure, steel fist, operations, obsessive compulsive, but Ginger was this one, to him, like that was his form of creativity. By marrying her, he's like, this is my one outlet away from being this addicted structure guy to like, she was almost like his outlet into the world of chaos. He just got more than he bargained for. And isn't it just like the masculine to be attracted to that chaotic feminine? Yep. It's casino two to one. And Phil, I want you to kick us off here because I feel like you've played more cards than Drew and I combined. Best depiction of either gambling or card playing in general. I mean, rounders. <laughs> Think so? Yeah. Really? I thought it was a bunch of fluff talk. Was it not fluff talk? Was all that shit real? It was a little overblown. I'm not an expert card player. By it was very romanticized. Games. But as, I mean, Hollywood, especially in the 90s, everything was romanticized. Like the 90s, the reason why the 90s, I think, had a vibe when it came to movies is because everything was kind of ridiculous, but like just believable enough. Like Sleepless in Seattle. Like Whoa! That was crazy. The whole time you were saying that sentence, my mind immediately went to Sleepless in Seattle. Are you shitting? I was thinking, I was about to jump in and be like, like the radio show in Sleepless in Seattle. That's weird. I was thinking about Nirvana. I mean, Sleepless (laughs) in Seattle was like kind of believable, but mostly like what's her face would have been in jail. She was a stalker, but like they, they made that okay. And the same with, I mean, Rounders had like a lot of romanticized card playing, but the way Edward Norton's ability to, to pull from the bottom of the deck and like his manipulation of the deck, like that's real, man. There are people with fucking fingers who can do that shit. That's why I started interesting observation about the 90s. I'm seeing it like jingle all the way. Like, the dude, 90s just, everything, He just was, beat the crap out of a mailman all day to try to find this doll. And yeah, the 90s, like that kind of just hit felt me. felt completely normal. It leaned in. It's Point all break. hyperbole. It's all like, it was all just a ridiculous take on real life. That's everything in the 90s. And it all felt great. That's why all those movies have such a vibe. But like, but it's not aware of itself. Which no, is it's what not makes self-aware. It That's the thing. Yeah. But, the, the, what, but then you take Tarantino and it's it's the same ridiculous, but it's aware. It's self-aware, yeah. And it's, it's like, whoa, 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 this movie knows it's insane. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What, what was think? the category again? Uh, best portrayal of gambling, card playing, all that. I think the scene when he walks into the, the, the professor's game and he's just like telling everybody what everybody's hand is, I think is so insane. I think to your point, like that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that dude can just like look at their faces and look at the river and be like, this is what you have and you have and you have and you have. Like, that's just crazy. So best depiction. I don't know. That kind of, it kind of lost me there. I was like, oh, this is completely nonsense got it <laughs> casino felt like it felt pretty realistic to me like the, the car like the playing in the game like that felt like you were in vegas mm-hmm. that did for sure yeah, i guess yeah, that's a casino point yeah i go casino too only because and i i understand you and you you would know of better than us about the authenticity but it was so on the nose and like you said i did love that about the 90s how they lean in mm-hmm. hard to everything but i was just like casino felt like a mob run vegas casino i love the i i love the cheating scenes some of my favorite scenes in casino were were the ones where he's looking for cheating i love that i just love how like Sam got all his eyes and he did the De Niro face. So I love those scenes. So I did go casino here. So three to one. Sorry, you were wrong. No, man. Sorry. I'm just kidding. It's cool. (laughs) I mean, I actually think I enjoy the rounders. Oh, me too. Hard stuff way more. Yeah. If anything. I just don't think it was necessarily as if anything, it did make me curious about card playing in general, and I was like, I wanted to research it and figure it out. I didn't, <laughs> but I did. Was like, oh, I wonder if that's a real thing. Best enforcer, Nikki or Grandma? I'll start here because you're not going to beat Pesci here in my mind. I do think Nikki was a better enforcer slash Mr. Violence, but Grandma actually, to me, was a link to reality in this movie where some of it felt like a little bit of 90s fluff, you know, kind of leaning into the 90s really hard. Grandma was like really aggressive. Like he, to me, I was like, whoa, he's an actual 
actual, like, he's a violent dude. Like, he was very aggressive. So I actually, I think it's because it's Pesci and no one plays a better mob enforcer than Pesci. But I did think Grandma was a really interesting character and super violent. What do you think, Phil? I don't think he compares to Pesci at all in at that all? movie. I think Pesci's violence, or as it, as it was portrayed, it came from a deep place of just fucking raw hatred. Whereas Gamma or Grandma or whatever he was called. Um, grandma. Yeah, I think it was Grandma. Is it Grandma? Like grammar? God. Actually, do you want to just me say Grandma and you just splice it or whatever? Yeah, that'll be funny. Hey, future Phil, I said Gamma. I meant Grandma. Grandma. Grandma? Grandma. Grandma. Now you have five tones of Grandma, future Phil. <laughs> okay. Um, he, I think it was Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> he... Kind of hit me as uh, this dude who was kind of like not the dude his whole life. And then he got a chance to be the dude. And so he wore like clothes that were too small for him and had like women banging each other in his office and shit. And it just wasn't believable. Like he just was kind of a bitch. And like I, if that that guy, there's nothing intimidating about that dude. He was just kind of an asshole. Whereas, whereas Joe Pesci's character, like dude, yeah. that guy was that guy was ruthless. Yeah. The head and vice thing. He operated without Ruth. And I know it, it's or Chris. Yeah, or Chris, <laughs> but lots of steakhouse. <laughs> and I know, I know him. The way he died doesn't speak to him as an enforcer, but you almost felt like because of how horrible he was, he got that retribution at the end. They, and they call it the infamous bat scene. The bat scene is like, is it one of those cinematic moments where people are like, oh yeah, the bats. When you say the bat scene, everybody knows what you're talking about. That was Jesus, a rough did scene. he get it back? Yeah, <laughs> in a big way. They bury him alive. That was that was evil. What do you think, Drew? Nikki is just so he just chews up every inch of the screen and every scene that he's in it's so and it's so ironic that his character is such an asshole because he's just like this high-pitched tiny little man it's like the epitome of sh like small penis syndrome that like it's almost funny like it's you can tolerate his cruelty because he's so ridiculous and funny so I guess casino I'll uh, I'll go back to the George Carlin bit where he said I don't worship God because I worship Joe Pesci because he's a guy that can get shit done <laughs> <laughs> alright we're close to the end here four to one casino uh, it's a flush here uh, oh. <laughs> oh but can we get a couple of pairs here mathematically impossible hey. hey. or just a pair whoa hey. would you rather marry or be in a relationship with Joe or Ginger <laughs> We got Joe, who is the complete squasher of dreams. And like Phil said, milk on on bread. Yeah, like if somebody just poured milk yeah. on bread. And then you got Ginger, who, although is not squashing your dreams on purpose, is a complete absolute wreck of a human being. Drew, kick us off. I'll go Joe on this one, honestly. Like, I'll take slow and steady and, like, stable over insane any day. Mm -hmm. Even though she's going to squash your dreams? I'd rather her squash my I, dreams. I'd rather her squash, squash my dreams than kill me in a <laughs> yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, do you think, Kyle? Um, You know, this is crazy. This I did this in Cuckoo's Nest, but I will not be. I will not have my creativity quashed. I will. You were thinking with your dick right now. That's what's happening. I'm thinking with my dreams. I want thinking with the wrong head, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. No, Ginger. She may be crazy. She may be coked out of her mind. But at least I can do the things that I set out to do without her breathing down my neck. How close to a to a casino were you? Is Joe going to strap your child Dude, to your I bed? Just, I don't know. But how is that not a problem? There is 0% chance Joe would ever torture and or do drugs in front of my child. So. And then murder you. Yeah. But Ginger would let me keep doing the podcast until she murders me. How close to a microphone were you? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. This is a touchy subject. Nobody. Nobody will ruin my <laughs> dreams. Nobody will get in the way. Ginger would light your podcast gear on fire. Yeah. You know what? After she does a line of coke off of it. And, what and then better uses way to, it to kill your child with. And what better way to die with my face on a fire? microphone, right? Wow. For the people. Well Phil. said. Oh, I mean, I mean, lesser of two evils there, Joe. I mean, she, I will not be murdered by her. Um, I may have, to, I, we may eat like stale bread for every meal, but at least I'll be eating for many years kind of thing, you know? And I'm mm -hmm. sure I could, I'm sure I could bring her around, you know? Great point. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. There's a lot of risk with Ginger, but she'll let you live your dreams out. Rounders yeah. gets one. I know. Four to two. Last category here. We got a couple of, uh, you know, different casino managers. One's technically a games manager, as Drew would put it. But we just got watching the, just watching the... I love that. The pit boss is watching I just bumped this. the mic. That was really cool. That reminded me 
of, and I guess it would have to be the other way around, but uh, Chernobyl, the show, everyone's watching everyone, even I'm being watched, that whole Soviet Union hmm. thing. I love that. Maybe it the took eye it from in the this. sky is watching us all. Yes. So Sam or KGB, which uh, which casino? Maybe you're a pit boss or maybe you need to work in one of these places. Who are you going to work for? Would you rather work for Sam or work for KGB? Both mob. Mm -hmm. This is a closing note, so make it good. Ooh, oddly enough, Sam, crazy fucking Joe Pesci character aside, who he was trying to get out of his life at one point and was trying to be like, because Mickey, or what's his face? Uh, Nikki would be like, sounds like you don't want to be part of my operation anymore. And he's like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> like He was just dead straightforward about it. Like, no, I don't want to be part of your operation anymore, you fucking lunatic. So like, I feel like Sam, other than Ginger, was actually trying to run a legit business and trying to do the right thing. But, you know, his his weird nepotism caught up with him at a certain point. But overall, I, I think yeah, horrible past connections aside, Sam was you know, good at what he did. I feel like he was fair. <laughs> he was a man who stood by his principles too. He fired that redneck dude and would not bring him back on. And this guy comes to him and is like, it's in your best interest to bring this guy back on. And he's like, he is useless. He is stupid. And I will I not have that somebody scene. like that working at my casino. That's one of my favorite scenes it's when the so guy good. is like, he's letting him know, this is going to have political ramifications. Your life is going to end. He's like, I don't care. He's a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love that, the dedication. That was some balls there. I um, love that. Yeah, KGB, it's like homeboy eats like stale Oreos and, and like mm -hmm. lives underneath a fucking building or something. I don't know, man. I mean, they both have like their own warped like code of ethics in mm -hmm. a way. Like, you know, as most like villainous characters do, there's still like some sort of weird moral code that they live by. And I think that resonates for both of them. But I think Sam is a more reasonable character. Like, I think he's a more, seems like a reasonable man with the exception of his taste than women, I think would actually be pretty tolerable to work for. So. Yeah, I feel like if you do a good job, he's going to leave you alone. If you're a dumb fuck like that guy who's like, yeah, sorry, Mr. Rothstein. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that guy. Yeah, don't be a dumbass. Yeah, I went the same route and that's because I, I couldn't work for a guy that like, he's one weird Oreo gestation away from just massacring a whole room of people. Yeah. Like I, when I first saw the movie, I was thinking like, if he, if he does, if he eats this Oreo and he doesn't like what happens on the other side, like he could get a machete out. I'm that's like, this I'm Oreo is that life or death for us. <laughs> That's the code of ethics that I'm talking about. Like he, yes, he's a bad guy, but yeah. when yeah. he lost, he lost. Pay him. He said, What's pay him. So pay him he money. has the cream. Like his whole, the guys could have attacked him and took his money and kicked him out mm. on the street. But no, he's like, no, I lost fair and square. He beat me. Give this man yeah. his money. Yeah. And I wish there was <laughs> more Malkovich. So I, I go, I go Sam here. I go casino. So casino wins five, two. But if we would have gotten more Malkovich, that would have been a pretty awesome, just weird matchup category. We just didn't get a lot of Malkovich in the movie, but Malkovich versus Sam is a very interesting idea because they're both mobbed. They're both different. One's from, you know, Russian, one's Chicago. Just really interesting interesting stuff, but Malkovich, man. Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Are you talking about being John being Malkovich? John Malkovich. Yeah. You can't get, if you ever need more John Malkovich, all he's got to do is watch being John Malkovich because they literally just say his fucking name over and over again, like hundreds of times in that film. Or burn after reading. That one too. I love that movie. Yeah, the dildo seesaw. <laughs> so weird. But uh, what a fun matchup. A little loose here, but it was fantastic. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle. Love you. I'm Drew. Love you as well. I'm Pierre. Meow. Ah, you'll make love. Oh. <laughs>